Welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Dive into Reiki with Raven Keys. Raven, thank you so much for being here with us. I am so excited to be here. I do these things a lot, but it's like, I don't know why. I was just so happy that I was going to have, have this time with you today. Me too. I've been like bubbly for like two, three days. So I'm going to share a little bit of your bio with everyone. So you have the founder of Raven Keys Medical Reiki International. You're also the author of Make Medical Reiki, a groundbreaking approach to using energy medicine for challenging treatments. You have a couple more books. Uh, you are the first Reiki master to bring Reiki into the parading room uh, with Dr. Mehmet Oz, and we'll be talking about that in a little bit. And you're right now working with surgeons that include Dr. Sheldon McFel Mark Feldman of Montefiore Medical Center. You have been providing Reiki to patients before, during, and after surgeries for nearly two decades. And you've been trained, uh, you've been training teams of Reiki masters known as certified. RKMRI, that was challenging with my accents, medical Reiki masters who are bringing medical Reiki into operating rooms and other medical venues, which we're all so grateful for. Uh, you've also been in the world of professional sports. You introduced Reiki to at least in the NFL and the NBA, featured in national magazines such as Vogue and W, and you were named Best Reiki Master in New York by New York Medicine, uh, New York Magazine, now mixing magazine and medicine. So quite a bio there, but yet I love how approachable you are. So I'm really grateful for that. And I wanted to start like every interview. What was your first encounter with Reiki practice? Well, that is so fun. I love that question because I feel like those of us who are practicing Reiki right now, we weren't exactly looking for anything, but all of a sudden, da, 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 like Reiki showed up. So um, I was an actor for like, that's how I made my living basically for a lot of years. And then I had a private yoga teacher and um, she came to this very room where we are right now. And um, she had just um, studied Reiki. So I, my husband, my late husband was with me in this class. And so um, she said to me, Raven, lie down. You look tired to me. I'm going to do Reiki for you. And um, and I didn't even know. I had no idea what she was going to do because I never heard of it before. And I'll just guide Michael in his his poses. So the fact of the matter is she wasn't paying a bit of attention to me. Not one bit. She was like, move a little this way, move a little. But she had her hands on the bottoms of my feet. And I was like, <sighs> like blissing out. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what this is, but I have to learn about this. And I want to be able to do this for other people like she's doing it for me. So Reiki showed up. And then I, I was trying to um, study it with her teacher who was um, the wife of a, um, a diplomat. So her whole thing was in a big mansion, like on the east wow. side of Manhattan. Yeah. But I could never get with her. It was just like not the right time to da da da. And then I got a thing in the mail from a, a, a Reiki master named Lori Grant. I don't know how she got my address. It was way before, it was 1995 in the early. Um, Almost no emails then. Yeah. 
There was no email. There was nothing. So I got this. I'm like, how did I get this? And I thought, oh, wow, she's coming to New York. This sounds like a good idea. But then I thought, no, 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 I, I, I just don't think it's really the right thing right now. But then my meditation teacher was going to take the training with her. So I said, OK, I'll do it. So I took um, all my training with her, became a Reiki master, and that was November of 1995. And then as things turned out, she didn't teach again for like six years because she was became pregnant and she was, you know, do, going through all that and becoming a new mother and everything. And so, but by the time, um, by the time she came back to um, teach again here in New York, it was 2001. And by then I'd been in operating rooms and, you know, had all this stuff happen. So, if you know, it's like, um, it's kind of like the yellow brick road farms before your feet. You have no idea what's going to happen when Reiki touches you. That's meant to be. And I truly believe that all of us got born right now to serve the light in this time of so much darkness in the world. And that, um, and we don't know when, when the clock is going to go off, you know, or the chime inside is going to go, it's time. And even if you um, receive a Reiki session and you think, oh, that's cool. Well, you know, if you're meant to do it, it years could go by, but when the time comes, the bell goes off and your life activates. And that's how it is. Yeah, that's a little like it happened to me. It kept coming back to me and I'm like, nah. And then it kept coming back and back until I actually embraced the, fully the practice, right? Yeah. When it's meant to be, it's meant to be. But one thing I love about you is like you almost were so open to it that everything seemed to happen as you say, like it will look for you, like all these invitations, like your invitation with Dr. Mehmet Oz. Like you didn't even look for anything. It just unfolded by itself, right? Yes, it did. Um, and the, and that was, it, it, that is really actually something that we all need to know, all of us together that do this work. You know, if something shows up, you have to say yes. You can't like hide from it. Like if something presents itself to you, it's meant to be. And you're the only one that can do it. You know, it's like, this is you, especially now. I mean- Reiki, yes, it's spreading around the world, but we are holding a certain kind of energy that um, that's unique. And I don't say that in an egotistical way because there is no room for ego in Reiki. There just isn't. It's so not cool. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any one person or any kind of training. It's about it. It is trying to happen to bring an enlightenment to the earth, an evolution. You know, evolution is really a better word, I think, because enlightenment like scares people and it seems so, you know, spirit, so religious. And this is not a religion. It is a practice of being empty and having just surrender. It's a practice about surrender to the beauty and the love that is the universe that made everything. And what are we doing? That's what we're doing. We are open to channel through us, if you even want to use that word, the power of the universe. And how cool is that? I mean, That's what else do we want to do? I, I and, think being empty can be a little bit scary. You know, I think that is part of it. It's like we're attached to not being empty. And Rick is really about learning to allow that emptiness to take over 
Yes, it is. If, um, you know, I have a very old um, piece of information that was from Mikhail Yusui um, long, long ago, like some of his original teachings, to my knowledge, that's what I was told. And it's Japanese tra- translated into English. Um, he says, you know, that you don't need to know anything about medicine or anatomy to be a wonderful Reiki master. You don't need to know those things to practice Reiki. And I've thought about that a lot. It's like, our, if I will say to people, because if they're going through something that's medical, they they feel like nobody's listening to them. And they say that to me, nobody listens to me. The doctor's not listening. The people aren't listening. I'm trying. And then they give up. You know, they, they're not going to even try to say what's going on. So because I know that, I'll say, um, okay, so what would you like to see happen? Keeping in mind, of course, that Reiki is a place in between time and space where all things are possible, mm-hmm. you know, what needs to happen. Um, I'll just ask them. And maybe I remember and maybe I don't. You know what I mean? Because I'm thinking about what's coming in and who's like, who's, you know, who's coming and what's going to happen. And 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 then and then it's just like the the one thing that I do now, I I um will say, I ask to be the hollow bone, to just give myself a chance. I asked to be the hollow bone. I asked to be the hollow bone so that I'm not thinking about anything. And then, but lately. Um, in, in one of the medical Reiki trainings in Boise, Idaho, at the end of 2019, so it was right before COVID, um, I was doing like this ceremony with the with the um, people who had come to for the training. And all of a sudden, it was like the angels, because I was like told I had to really, really find out about E equals MC squared. It almost drove me crazy till I got to the answer. But nevertheless, in this um, in this meditation, the angels came through and Gabriel said, that's not the only formula. Heal is a formula. H equals energy of absolute light. H equals energy of absolute light. And then the angels started singing it. H equals energy of absolute light. Like in the meditation, that's what was going on for me. I don't know what was happening with everybody else, but that's what was going on for me. And so, um, so now that's what I do. Like I will more than likely during a session, just be saying heal, heal, heal. Because at the end of that um, meditation with the people in Boise, I, I said that this had happened and there was a woman there from Mississippi. And she said, you know, there's a video of some people in Japan and there, there are all these Reiki masters and they're standing around an operating table. There's a lady, I think on the, on the table and they all have their hands up and they're saying, heal, heal, heal. Now, I don't know if this is like the real deal or not, but she said, whatever they were doing, they were watching the tumor shrink, 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 shrink until it disappeared. And so you know, we can't promise those things are going to happen to people, but they might. And in my practice, the very first person I ever went to breast cancer surgery with, she came to me, she had five tumors in her breast. And um, wow. yeah, and it was like a lot. And she didn't want to have, she didn't want to have a mastectomy. She was pretty young, you know. And um, so, you know, I, I just, 
was there not even knowing about the heel part, but just, I asked to be the hollow bone. I asked to be the hollow bone and all that. And then by the time she got the surgery, those tumors had really, they shrunk. And I didn't, you know, it's like, we don't really know what this is going to do. And it really is. um, I think the only instruction that we could give to a person is to tell them to relax, allow themselves to receive that's it. Just let yourself receive. Don't worry about anything. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. There's just you receiving. And if it occurs to you, if in your mind, you can think what you would like to see happen, because really that might happen. You know what I mean? Like thoughts become things. So, and and then we're in that place in between time and space. (laughs) So, and there are two things that I love about you say, because again, I come from more Japanese training, but there is a Buddha of infinite light. So we may, that's what I love. Like we may come from different ways of experiencing the practice, but the concept of infinite light of emptiness are beautiful, right? There is no limit to infinite light. It can do everything. And the other thing I love is, is, is that intention that, that you said also like all healing is self-healing. So we can only create that space of infinite light where everything is possible but we're also not in control of it. So I I really like that. Yes. We have to take care of ourselves, especially now. And um, it's, it's, you know, in in the training I do with um, Reiki masters for med in in the medical training, um, it's very important that we um, put some protection around ourselves. That is infinite light, you know, because there's just so much darkness in the world right now. And then when you walk into an operating room, who knows what happened there before you got there? Because nobody cleans out the room spiritually. And that's one of the first things that we do is because there's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, so we clear out the room by calling in the angels and, you know, and asking for that to happen. But, But, you know, it's really a powerful thing to bring Reiki into medicine because just like we weren't looking for anything and it found us, it's the same for the surgeons. You know, they don't know what it is. It's like the patient wants it, whatever. I mean, if they're open-minded enough to say, well, maybe if they think this is going to help them, it's not going to hurt anybody or whatever they say. Um, And then this person has a credential and they're in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it says that they're certified to do this. Okay, I surrender. Um, But still, guess what? They are experiencing something they never experienced before, just like us. The first time we ever were touched by Reiki, the same thing. And they never are going to be the same again. So it makes total sense to me that the angels asked me to do this because I know, I, I very humbly say that I'm the only person on this planet that went into surgery time after time after time after time for all these different things. And then I have this breast surgeon who's, um, you know, with breast cancer and, and sending his patients to me right from this office, go to Raven, you know, uh, if they were open to comment. And, and, and a lot of times I just came to me, they were just following the doctor's orders. They had no idea what it was. Uh, wow. they, and it was a, just another word in a bunch of other words that they don't even understand that they were just told 
and they were in a state. You know what I mean? It's like when you're in a situation like that, you don't even hear what people are saying to you. No, but I think I work with people with cancer, uh, living with cancer before the pandemic. And for me, like the effect of Reiki in terms of like side effects and energy levels and also feeling a touch that is not prodding or poking or cutting, you yes. know, like having that care, especially in a city like New York, where sometimes people are not touched very much. Right. I think for me, it's, it's such a beautiful process. And I was wondering, as you talk about these doctors, what is their reaction when you are there? Do they shift? Do they understand like, hey, this is actually quite good in terms of recovery? Or are they still a little bit skeptic after they have those experiences? Well, the thing is, when during the surgery, they're very busy. So it's a very busy thing. It's like everybody's doing the best job they can do to get this done as quickly as possible so the patient could get out of anesthesia. And so um, they're busy. But the, the thing that they do... I mean, whether they're aware of it or not, the Reiki is affecting them. It's in the room. It's, you know, it's in the room. It's running. Their hands are touching the patient and, and Reiki is in, inside the patient. It's, it's inescapable, in other words. Well, they don't really have time, for the most part, to pay attention. There are other people in the room that are paying attention. They're like, I've had people come up to me at the end that were like handing the doctor, um, you know, tools, uh, the the things to cut, the blah, 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 all the different things. And they'll be like, what were you doing? Oh my God. What was that that you did? And it's almost like you're going to cry, you know, in certain times. And so um, they feel it. But when the doctors, they notice it, the after effects, how they don't have to stay in the hospital. They don't need to take pain medication. They, um, they're taking an aspirin like a couple days after a bilateral mastectomy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then they say, this, this is something. And recently I had a situation in which I had to really fight for a, a client to have medical Reiki in pre and post-op. And I, the, um, it wasn't that long ago. It was just in July that this happened. And I was, um, I fought really hard for one of my medical Reiki masters here in New York to go with this young man who was getting spine surgery. And um, because I remonstrated so much for, for, first of all, when I, I went to the, um, the consult with the surgeon, to start with. And so the surgeon, da, 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 you could do this, you could do that, but then you could get surgery and then all the pain will be gone and you'll walk out of the hospital and blah, 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 whatever. So um, I brought my medical Reiki book with me. <laughs> and I said, you know, doctor, um, he really wants medical Reiki during surgery. And um, here's the book. And he, he actually reached out his hands and took the book like this between his hands. And he went, this is not alternative medicine. This is medicine. Let's see what we can do. I don't know why. I don't know if he ever had Reiki. I don't know anything, but he said, let's see if, what we can do. If maybe we can get, uh, he said, I doubt that it can be in um, the operating room, but maybe in pre and post-op. So as it turned out, you know, COVID was um, restrictions were still yeah. in that hospital and they broke their COVID rules because I remonstrated in such an emotional way that they allowed it to be in pre and post-op. And so 
I was there with the, the Reiki master that I sent. So we were doing Reiki and pre-op and then in, okay, so this patient could not walk. The pain was so bad. And so was put on the operating table and I knew like there was no way that one of us was going to fit in the operating room. There were three anesthesia doctors and and that's just the the patient was surrounded by people that were going to the OR and it's really crowded in there anyway. So anyway, when we went to um, post-op and in this situation, we were waiting, waiting, waiting. And then the lead surgeon came in and got both of us, the uh, medical Reiki master and myself by the hand and took us into post-op. So there we are. Um, and we're, you know, doing Reiki and the, and the gal who was the nurse, you know, in post-op, they have one or two patients at the most. She just had him at the, at the moment. And she goes, you know, she's like outside the door, but this glass uh, that she can see through to us and the door was open. And so she's looking at all these monitors and she goes, you know what? I don't know what you're doing, but I really think that all the patients should have this because she could see it on the monitors. And that's what happens. They see it on the monitors and they say, just keep doing it. I mean, we've been told that in post-op more than once. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see that. And for those people who are not that familiar, they may be interested in doing medical Reiki. What is the difference between a regular training for Reiki master and your medical Reiki training? So what will you offer them? Because some people think they're going to diagnose and almost like do psychic surgeries, but what is really medical Reiki? It's doing it in medicine, in operating rooms. And I don't train anybody in in, in Reiki that's going to be a medical Reiki master. Like I, I do train people to be Reiki masters and I love to teach Reiki. I really do, but I hardly ever get to do it anymore because this has become a full-time mission. And, um, you know, I have trained people from all over the world now. And because of COVID, I've been able to like, um, it, it had to be switched to Zoom. And so because I'm not teaching anybody and they're already um, they're already Reiki masters. They're already attuned to um, be a Reiki master, all that stuff. It's like, so what am I doing? I'm teaching them what might happen, what you better watch out for, who you need to get on with, what to say, what to do, what happens. You know, it's really, really important to know what the heck might happen because you don't want to faint. And if you know in advance that X, Y, and Z is going to happen, you won't you're less likely to faint. And, um, the, and and if you talk to anybody who is in any way, shape or form associated with a teaching hospital, they all say the medical students come in, they faint. It's not unusual. Well, if I see somebody's going to faint, like say um, we have um, operating room nurses who are now medical Reiki masters. If they see somebody, if they have the chance, they'll tell them, go sit up against the wall. But that doesn't mean that they're going to have the chance. It could happen like that. And, you know, I've seen some really wicked things. And um, I know now that I'm not going to faint because of the wickedness of what I've seen. And there was one thing it was like, this is, I am not, and I didn't faint. And it's like, why? Because part of the training is Everybody in the very first part of the medical Reiki training meets a a spiritual assistant that I call 
their angel. And it's just easy to use that word angel. Some of them do see angels. Some of them have other things that come to them, but it's a medical assistant because there are times when you just don't, it's like overwhelmed. And it's like, I've had really amazing things happen. I was reading your book and I'm like, I will have fainted here. I will have fainted this double lung, like transplant. I'm like, yeah, I will have gone to the floor. Right. Like, yeah. It's, that was really something. Really but I, I, I'm really grateful you clarified. It's really about how to handle and knowing what will happen versus us doing almost like the doctor role, which sometimes the community, where huge community levels of training really change, but it's really good to clear to be clear about that, right? Like your practice, your Reiki practice is the same. It's just learning how to handle that environment and, and what could happen and also how to communicate in this world that is different, you know, that our regular outside world of the hospital yeah. Yes, it is. It's really different. And then um, what are we doing? It's a spiritual practice, really. So we're bringing the other thing. The really brilliant surgeons know that there's the other thing. They don't know what it is. It's Reiki. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, the spiritual energy. Everybody has it inside them. It's like the energy of life itself. And it gets um, weak. And that's why people get sick. And, you know, it's like trauma, this, that, the other. Like Reiki ad addresses everything across the board. It's like there's nothing it can't fix or heal or do. But we can't even say to anybody, I'm going to heal you. Because that to me is a is a bad thing to say because it rate it's just not cool because you don't know somebody's destiny and what their karma is and why they're here. And I, you know, all these different concepts of Reiki have been presented to me in my actual life. And um, knowing about the destiny thing is really important. And, you know, like my husband was another victim of 9-11, even though he didn't die on um, September 11th. It was like years in the making of the trauma and um, what was happening to him. And, you know, that he was uh, an empathic musician. So that made you, him brilliant. Like he could really make you laugh and cry in the same guitar solo. But the thing is, um, spirits kept coming to him and asking for help. And he didn't know how to handle it. And then people started dying all around us. His father, his mother, his stepfather, his, you know, his godmother, everybody was dying. And then our dog, and it was just, one thing after another. And, and it just wore on him and I couldn't do anything. Here mm -hmm. I am doing all this stuff and I can't do anything. And so really medical Reiki started because of him, because um, I was on the tour in England and Glastonbury and I was crying because, you know, I just, I couldn't do anything. And it's like, here I am doing all this stuff in, in operating rooms for people and everything, but I can't help him destiny. So, um, you know, Gabriel came and comforted me and I was, you know, as I cried, when I stopped crying, he, um, Gabriel said to me, his destiny is that he has to go through this. We've got this meaning the angels. He is one of us is what he told me. He's got to go. He came to the earth to go through this, to have this experience so that he could help others once he comes back to the light, he's going to help humans with this knowledge that he's gaining that he could only gain by being a human being and going through all this. And so 
you know, destiny. So somebody could die on the operating table. Guess what? That doesn't mean you failed. The doctors feel like they failed. They take it really hard. And guess what? If one of us is there, we saw what was going to happen. Like we were told in advance and we were able to usher them into the light and say to the doctors, if they will allow us to, because, you know, they're in their own world in a way. And it just like a lot of things are about relationships. Like how much can you really make a relationship with a doctor if you never saw them before and you're just in their operating room? Maybe, you know, it's like, also mask and covered like in all these yeah. things. So you're safe. So it's not like you can even like have a face almost. But I think you said something very beautiful. And I think it applies both to medical Reiki and regular Reiki. We have to respect people's destinies and people's process and journeys. So we can create this infinite light, but we cannot try to manipulate the outcome. We need to be respectful. And for me, respectful is a way of loving the other person. Like, I love you so much that I respect your journey and your process and your decision, right? So it's a way of loving we're not used to. But it also relates to what you said. There is no ego, no place for ego in Reiki. No. But that's a hard one to learn, though. <laughs> it is hard. And you're absolutely right. Like, you have to respect what the person's soul has chosen to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have a client, and she she is somebody that I met at Equinox. We used to be at Equinox at the same time. And um, so she's, you know, comes to Reiki, get Reiki from me now. But she gave me these guidelines that she teaches. Um, she is like a coach for... Um, corporations, you know, people who are in business. And it's like, show up. Okay. If somebody says to you, this is what I need, you have to say yes. Even if it's the scariest thing in the world, because that's what I did. Are you kidding me? Go to open heart surgery with us. I met us also with a famous surgeon, not even like someone who will forget you. Yeah. Someone that has access to media and everything. Yeah. And, and then it's, but it's like, it was like, what? You know, the, I, I just couldn't even imagine it. So you show up, even if you think you can't do it, you um, pay attention and you tell the truth. You can never tell anybody anything like you're going to heal them. It's going to go this way. It's going to go that way. You cannot tell the truth and tell the truth to everybody around you. If you know the answer, you know the answer. If you don't know the answer, say, I don't know the answer. You know, people are always asking me, what are you doing? I'm like, there are stories about that. <laughs> what happens in those moments? But anyway, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, do your best. You know what? This person came to you because it was a contract and only you can help them. I can't help them. Only you can help them. Whoever you may be. They came to you for a reason. So do your best and your best is good enough for this person at this moment in their evolution as a soul in the universe. You know, that's it. And so you have to have trust in that and then release attachment to outcome. You cannot have attachment to what's going to happen. It's not up to us. We are the, I, 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 I'm uh, in the midst of organizing all these certified medical Reiki masters that are going are now going to be working in 
research. The medical Reiki is being researched now. The IRB came through the um, hospital. It was supposed to happen before COVID and now it's after. It just happened. And so now I'm organizing all these medical Reiki masters. One is all the way in Ireland. She will come to do a surgery. I have Florida, North Carolina, New York City, um, New Jersey, Connecticut, all these medical Reiki masters. And as you know, the way this uh, it said, I like said to them, listen, we, you are the delivery system of miracles. That's how you have to think of yourself. I'm delivering miracles and it's not about you. You're the delivery system. And I will say to surgeons, I'm just like an empty hypodermic needle. That's what I am. I'm the delivery system. I'm the needle. And then that comes through and that's the way it goes. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. It has nothing to do with me. I just show up. And it happens on its own. I appreciate so much what you said. I I just think it's a beautiful, beautiful reminder for all of us. And I love the image of the syringe, right? We're empty and we're delivering. And I think like every time we go, like we worry or we fret or we try, we need to remember we're a syringe, we're a syringe or the sun or whatever image, right? Something you just shine the light. That infinite light. I love that. Tell me a little bit about more about the research. I know it was is related to breast cancer. Could you tell us a little bit about that? No. Okay. It's so absolutely okay. top secret. As oh. a matter of fact, my people are going to sign an NDA that they're not going to speak to anybody about it. Nobody. It doesn't matter who is asking them a question. They're to say nothing and they're not even supposed to speak to each other because it's all about bias. And if oh, this true. is a big deal to get um, peer reviewed uh, in a situation like this. It's got to be every I has to be dotted. Every T has to be crossed. It has to be perfect. I can't even do it. They won't allow me because I'm the I started it I, like and I have the company. Yeah, it's always like that. No, but I love the fact that it's happening. And I know you had a website asking for donation. I don't know if that is still active. If I yeah. So I'll include the link in the notes and just so people know they can actually support a really, really serious research about Reiki and you know, medical Reiki in a way, so that people can support it because I think we need more studies and more studies like this one that is really like, as you say, very academic, very dot in the eyes or whatever it's called in English we right now I cannot like remember right yes and um yes and so because I started the company and all these people were trained by me and whatever and whatever I'm not allowed to do it so I can't be one of the people that goes into the surgery uh, you know to help in this study all I can do is organize everything and what's really amazing is that the um, doctors that are are going to do this like there are four surgeons and then there are a whole team of other other individuals that have to do all this stuff. I don't even know what they're going to It's so technical and so far beyond anything that we need to know about. You know what I mean? It's like just chatter. You take care of it. I trust you. These are the, some of the top researchers in the world that are working on this. I bow to their brilliance. And meanwhile, you know, I'm just like, with the people who are going to do this and getting all this stuff together and all their bios and all their contact information and all this and all that. And it's like a lot, it's really a lot. And in them, um, but it's all good. You know, like um, this not-for-profit that medical Reiki works was started by Dr. Feldman and myself. 
when I came to his office, because I left out the part where I was on the tour, as soon as um, the um, uh, Gabriel was done comforting me, he said, well, you can't do anything about this, but this is something that you can do that will help you in your grief. And also we need you to do this. We want you to train as many Reiki masters as possible in everything you know about going into surgery. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I really didn't know. And it was like, all right, I will do my best because by this point in my career, in my life, I knew to listen to the angels. So, you know, I just put it out there to my Reiki master's students that I was going to do this. And then before I knew it, people were finding out about it and they were coming to New York from Canada and this and that to like do this work. And so um, one of the first people that ever came is going to be in the study. It's just so exciting, but I'm not going to say beautiful. Yeah. So then, uh, so all this is going on. Um, and I, now I have a, like a manual and, and, um, and then I like create a certificate. So I thought, you know what, I have to tell Dr. Feldman about this. I don't want to do anything that's really not kosher, so to speak, or, you know, it's incorrect. So I made an appointment to see him in his office. I, I hardly ever even saw him except in pre-op or in the operating room. And it's really funny. I can say this to you because he has said it on camera himself. Um, you know, usually a surgeon will say to the anesthesia doctor, or anesthesia provider, how's our patient doing? And when I'm in the operating room, I'll say, Raven, how's our patient doing? Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. He wants to know how are they really doing? It's like not about whatever. But Sometimes, to me, yeah. like, Again, on my very limited experience with people living with cancer and seeing how much it helps with side effects, I imagine like having the support of a Reiki practice in an operation will be so soothing and so amazing, right? And again, we cannot attach to the outcome, but it's the support that hopefully we'll see more and more. And hopefully your study when, you know, will have that. So we're very grateful as a community, you know, and and again, I think sometimes we think when we train Reiki, like the Reiki training is very short. So when we want to do this kind of work, we need to actually go with people who have the experience and can help us, you know, because I think also one thing is we have to show up and trust, but we also sometimes need the support of people who've been opening the way like you have, you know. Yeah. And Getting back to the story. So I went to Dr. Feldman and I saw him in his office and I, I showed him everything I, I had and was doing. And he said, this is amazing. Now you have to start a company because you, it can't just be about you. It has to have a company behind it. So I never thought about starting a company. It was just like the last thing in the world I ever thought I would do. But then I'm like, oh, I have to start a company. Okay, what am I going to name the company? And I was asking all my friends, what do, I, what do you think about that? They said, you should put your name on it because you have the book and blah, blah, blah. And people know who you are and it lends credibility. So I put my name on it and now I'm really glad I did because it's like my name and this is, you know, I'm very, very, this has to go right. You know what I mean? It's like, this has to go right. It can't be messed with. And I um, have a lot of things in place to really protect its integrity and also 
the, the practitioners because it is a very big deal to be doing this work. And then there's nobody's going to know who anybody is unless they ask me because there are reasons for it. There are reasons that are protecting people's lives, really. Yeah. And um, the, the world that we live in, uh-uh. like with the crazies and, the, you know, it's like, no, nobody's going to be in danger if I can help it. And so it's like that. So, so I made the company and then Dr. Feldman said in the same meeting, now it's time for us to do research. So the crazy thing is I, I was on a winter solstice. I don't even remember what year it was. It's just like so much, so many things have happened, but, um, I started the not-for-profit. We we started it. And then there was a big thing that happened with somebody's ego, uh, you know, just found out. And it was just like, it was, ter- I was terrified. I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, Ugh. so I like closed the, um, what did I close? I closed the um, bank account for it. And so then, I mean, in Dr. F- I know it was when Dr. Feldman was getting ready to go to Montefiore. From, from Columbia. So I'm in his office and it's, it's winter solstice. He's got all his stuff packed up. He's moving to Montefiore now by choice. That's what he wanted to do. And there's a whole story about that too. But anyway, um, he, he, so I'm like, well, I, he's like, well, so what? I'm like, I closed the bank account because such and so said this, da, 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 da. He's like, I know what we're going to do. I'm going to pay for an attorney. For us to get this done. So he is then typing, and I realize he doesn't never mind. He, um, so he's typing to a lawyer that grew up next door to him. He's an entertainment lawyer, and he's uh related to a you know, his next door neighbors were this lawyer and his brother was a really famous actor. So um and so then I leave. And, and he's like, I'm going to get this lawyer and we're going to, I'm going to pay for the lawyer and we're going to figure this out. So don't close the company. So I don't close the company. And then I go to um, Glastonbury and then I get an email from him and he's like, um, Raven, um, he came up with these two lawyers and I want you to interview them. He said, they're the best. So I, you know, I'm in Glastonbury, I'm on the phone with lawyers interviewing them. And then um, of course, it's about seeing the lawyers in person. One said, I already talked to you. And the other says, oh, yes, come to my office. So I don't even know who this guy is. I'm so busy. I'm in the taxi going to his office. And then I'm like, guess I got to look up and see who he is. So I look it up and I'm like, holy mm-hmm. man. He's like um, on Park Avenue, for one thing, in this like top floor in this building. And he's the number one not-for-profit lawyer in the United States of America. And that's who I'm going to see. And so, I, you know, and listen, you know, we are who we are and we have to be who we are. We cannot make believe that we're other people. It doesn't work. It's never going to work. We are the Reiki people. And we don't have to wear the white coats and we don't have to dress in suits. Look at me. Do you know that Dr. Feldman adores 
that I work with angels. He thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. So what do I do? I, I, I like the doors open. First of all, it's like going through an airport security to get into this building. Oh my God. Yes. And it's pre-COVID. It's like, okay. And then I have to be walked to the elevator and the door opens and there's a guy there to drive me to the floor. The doors open. It's like this whole floor of lawyers. And the one I'm seeing is the head lawyer. And so they're like, oh, Miss Keys, let me take your coat. And would you like coffee? Would you like tea? I'm taking into this, this conference room there. It's like, like being, at, I don't even know what, like way high up all these windows. There's a telescope there. They're like um, hawks flying by, you know, it's like unbelievable. And then he comes in. Da, 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 da. And so it, um, we had a very nice conversation. And I had been told by the angels that Sir um, Richard Branson was going to donate money to this research project. So, so he's say, asking me questions and he's like, well, do you have any, um, you know, people that you think are going to donate to this? And I was like, well, the angels told me that Sir Richard Branson will. He goes, do you know Sir Richard? I'm like, no, if he's supposed to, and the angel said he would, if I'm supposed to meet him, I'm going to meet him. That's all. And he was like, he, he didn't know what to do, actually. <laughs> I can imagine that. And Dorian Perkavan, he was like, okay. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. Okay. <laughs> Next. And um, so anyway, we got the lawyer and then it all started. Um, you know, we had our first meeting. I got to meet some of the players that are still in this now. Um, and, and what was really funny is that at the end, well, at the end, Dr. Feldman um, said to me, Raven, call in the angels because he said, you have a direct line to them. And what he was pointing to the ceiling and there was this, um, this, this microphone that I didn't even notice. It was on, on a, on a white wire. And the microphone was was um, white. So he asked me to call in the angels. So, of course, that's what I did. This has been blessed and blessed and blessed. And it's the first it's the first research project that will then lead to the next and to the next. And the thing is, the NIH will, will not give money to Reiki right now. This is the kind of research that will make it possible for us to get the big dollars from the, the federal government to pay for research. And then that enters into a whole other reality. And once we have that research, like, you know, again, beyond us being able to work at hospitals, like there is so much miracles and goodness that can happen to people that have to go through you know, their hospital journey as well. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'm sharing that link. I'm so glad. And also, I love what you said about being unap unapologetically you, right? Like you were not trying to be who you were not. You are being, again, respectful, but you are being Raven, right? And I think, and you've never confused yourself with a doctor. And I think that is very important. We are still Reiki practitioners. We're not doctors. And we should be who we are. And I, I love that because for me, Reiki makes you more of who you are. And if you practice Reiki and then you start hiding yourself, that light is also hidden. So I, I love that. And I love, I don't know, I'm loving meeting you. So I'm so grateful. <laughs> I have a couple more questions. Uh, one is a little bit, what is your daily practice? What is like Raven's personal practice when it comes to Reiki? 
Well, of course I give myself Reiki, you know what I mean? Self-practice. But I also like, I'm connected to a lot of things. Like I, um, I actually am an ordained priestess of the goddess Isis. And so in the morning I do prayers to the Isis. I also am very connected to the elementals that people call fairies, but they're, you know, in, in nature. So I'm connected to nature. So I say prayers to the fairies as, you know, emissaries of light in nature. And then, yeah. So, uh, and then like I do meditations and I, it just depends on what's happening but now. you practice every day right so you like you have a strong personal practice and i think that is also something because it almost feels like the roads open as you say it's the yellow road and you've been following it and they've been like doo -doo, giving you pushes but you also have a personal practice we cannot just sit not practice and expect things to happen as well right yeah because you know what we are the delivery system so we have to be pure like pure channels to be the delivery system Like we live in a very toxic world. Let's face it. I mean, and like to be in New York City for me is very difficult. And the longer I am on the planet, the the more difficult it seems to get to be here, especially post-COVID. Like the city is not what it was before. And it's insane. And not in a good way. It's it's yeah, it's very angry, very aggressive, violent and and surreal in ways that it wasn't before. Yeah. And people are desperate and people are committing suicide all over the place. Like I couldn't get to a, an appointment the other day because for the second time in five days, somebody jumped off the subway platform to kill themselves. It's like, and then, and then I heard of another suicide yesterday from a friend and it's just, it, it's, and then, you know, if we're empaths, you know, I'm like, protect my home. I don't want all this energy coming in here from outside. Yeah. So we have to really keep up. I keep love that. In order to be able to just function, never mind, you know, and then show up and be empty. I, you can like, the more you repeat that, the bigger my smile. I really appreciate that you share that. I have one more question and then I'll be sharing a drawing I did for you uh based on your energy so my last question is also the one i close every interview and he's basically asking you a little bit about anoops a teachable lesson and anoops is like uh, something that you i can consider like a mistake that you learned from something that you used to do and then as you evolve in your practice like eh, that doesn't or something like for example when you were starting with the medical reiki perhaps you learned not to do so something it can be funny can be cute Like in my case, for example, I think, well, I've made so many of them, but like I, one good one is I believe the symbols were like distance uh, numbers to go to Europe. You know, that's the way I saw symbols when I got them the first time, like something that has changed in your perspective of Reiki practice over the years. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just leaving me. Um... I don't know how to answer the question. I think the thing is that I can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. It's been so fast and furious. I haven't, I, I, I think maybe the, the most important thing that I've learned is to get out of the way. Just, yeah. and, you know, stop feeling like it's about me or I can mess it up. You can't mess it up. 
If you get out of the way and just stop worrying about it. And of course, you know, somebody like in the beginning, I guess you could say, I was like, oh my God, and it's like having the responsibility to take care of this person who has stage four, double, triple negative breast cancer that's incurable. And like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do nothing. Except that's what I learned is like, just forget about it. You can't fix it. You, all you can do is serve the light. You can't fix it. All you can do is serve the light. And in that case that was inoperable and, you know, all the rest of it, it came to pass Reiki during um, all the chemotherapy. And as you probably read in my book, the angels told me that, you know, chemotherapy is a lot of it is based on plant medicine and what shamans do that work in plant medicine. They're out on the land asking the plants, are you the one? Are you the one? What do I do? Do I make you a powder? Are you a tea? Whatever. And there, and, and not every plant is for everybody. And so the angels told me that um, because of Reiki's power, it makes a translation. And I don't know whether the translation is in the person or in the medicine, but it makes a translation. So this is the right medicine. So, you know, it's a big deal. Um, and, 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 and it's really about getting out of the way and letting everything take place the way it needs to, because it's divine light. It, 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 call it what you want, infinite light, divinity, whatever, you know, the power of the universe, whatever you want to call it, heal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love also that you don't get confused and fighting about wording. I love that about you. I, you know, so many like, yeah, whatever you want to call it, it's just ease, you know, like let, don't overthink it, just go with it. I love that. Well, you know, we have people that come to us from all over. And from my point of view, Mikhail Yusui was a genius when he did not make Reiki into a religion. And I was, it was told to me, I think it was by, I can't remember, Kathy Lipinski, maybe, that at that time, or maybe it was Nicholas Pearson, I talked to both of them when I was working on the book, that um, at that time in Japan, people started religions. And I'm so grateful. It was part of his enlightenment not to do that because not everybody believes in God. And, and like these doctors, this is New York. These people are all different kinds. They have all different cultures they come from, all different religions they're practicing. If I told people that it was religious, it would never work. It would never work in a minute because that would just start a big fight. Yeah. For me, um, the only way that I could handle God is was told to me by a Buddhist who said um, he was very, very advanced in his thinking and his knowledge or whatever. And he said, you know, God, it's was it's like a word it, that wasn't a word. It was like it was it was geometric order of divinity. That's what it meant. Oh. Geometric order of divinity. That makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, I can accept that. And I think that any um, any doctor could accept that. That's like something that people need to know. This whole business about putting it into a religion or a, or a culture or it's only can be this or it only can be that. No, it's the universe. It's everything. And we're all part of it. And as 
Martha Graham wrote in a letter to Agnes DeMille, we're talking about the dance world now at the highest level, um, just a summation of what she said. There's only one of you through all of time. And if you don't share your gifts with the world, the world will never have them. And that's the real truth in that we are here on assignment. And there's a story in Buddhism about who was allowed to be born. It wasn't the miracle workers that attended the ceremony in the, in the air that said, send me at this time called Mapo, when there is so much at risk. And, you know, the Buddha said, this is going to be the worst time that ever existed on the planet. There's going to be so much tragedy and and violence and hatred and so many things are going to be going on. Destruction everywhere. And we need to have beings born that are going to, you know, show up. In life. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the miracle workers were at the ceremony and they raised their hands. I'll go, I'll go. And he said, I'm sorry, but you're not qualified. You don't have enough courage to face up to what's going to be happening. There are others who are going to come and they're called the bodhisattvas of the earth, meaning the enlightened souls that have been in training since time out of memory or whatever. Not, you know, not, that's not ego. It's like, what is your practice? What are you doing? What have you done? How are you doing it? Who's, who's your teacher? What are you, you know, it's like that, whatever. And anyway, I believe that that's who the Reiki practitioners are. Oh, that's a beautiful take on it. Because at the end, you know, light takes away darkness. Yes. So we sit on our lights, you know, darkness cannot get at us in a way. And we can help people find their own light. So that is very beautiful. Thank you so much, darling, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of Diamond Reiki. <laughs> Neighbor, perhaps. Who knows? Maybe you're just one block away from me and we're doing this via Zoom. You never know. It's, <laughs> it would be hilarious. But thank you, thank you so, so much for you know sharing your time. I know you're super busy, so there is really big heart. Thank you. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you. We all meet again when the time is right. <laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to the Dive Into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.